to a very special episode of the Movie Scramble podcast. Tonight it is just myself, John, and I have a guest on the podcast. His name is Patrick Rooney and he is a filmmaker from Glasgow. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Yourself? I'm not too bad, yes. Lockdown is becoming a bit of a bind, but yeah, yeah. there's there's not very much I can do about it, so therefore I'm just keeping on. Yeah, How's exactly. It, how's it been affecting you, the lockdown? It's been interesting. At the beginning of lockdown, it was kind of when, well, the film industry or just entertainment and events industry in general in Scotland just all kind of got hit first before there was like an official lockdown so I kind of all my work started getting cancelled and started just kind of falling away before lockdown really happened so I managed to get myself a job with the co-op in Glasgow and that just kept me going that basically kept me paying rent and keeping me sane (laughs) so I was quite lucky to get something like that I know a lot of other freelancers unfortunately didn't didn't get an opportunity like that so I was lucky and I left that job a little while ago just as work started to pick back up again so I've been relatively busy doing bits and bobs I've not been always stuck indoors like some other people so it's it's not been too bad I know a lot of other people are in worse positions so can't complain Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah, it's really difficult for people out there, obviously, with the new restrictions just about to yeah, be yeah. announced as well. And obviously, with the, basically the cinema industry on its knees at the moment, it's not it's not a good time for yeah, exactly. uh, anybody, yeah. in, in, anybody in the arts at all. So on a brighter note, we are here today to talk about your new film, which is called In the Red. And it's about a subject that I've known about, but I've never really taken any, not, I wouldn't say wouldn't taken any interest, but I've never really thought about it in any way. It's about Speedway. You could tell somebody, oh, it's the best, it's the most exciting thing ever. But it's not until you actually come and you actually experience it and you actually hear the noises, you smell the smells, you see how fast they are. Fast, exciting, and just brilliant to watch. To me, it's just the most exciting sport there is. There's nothing else like Speedway. I mean, how can you imagine four guys on bikes with no brakes? One of the purest forms of motorsport, if you ask me. We've all got this emotional bond. The Tigers are, are, are in my heart, so, you know, it's my, my city, my club. All the supporters here feel like, like my family. Now, for those of us, and I do include myself in this, that don't know or I didn't know what the film was about can you give us a, a sort of a brief overview about the, the film if you don't mind yeah definitely and you're definitely not alone with <laughs> with people not knowing really what Speedway is or, or know too much about it so In the Red is a feature documentary about the Glasgow Tigers Speedway motorcycle team and for those people who don't know exactly what Speedway is it's basically four riders on bikes with no brakes, going around an oval-shaped oval, sa- an oval shaped dirt track at around 70 miles an hour. So it's pretty intense, it's pretty fast-paced and very entertaining. And the film is really just about following the Tigers through their season last year in 2019, from the highs and lows and uh, getting into the final of the championship. So, yeah, it, it also kind of goes into the volunteers and the fans that are based around the club and some of the human stories with the riders and the people that really keep the club alive and make this sport as unique 
and interesting as as it is really what was the starting point for the film was it a commission from allied vehicles or was it something that you were interested in yourself so i actually came to allied with the idea for the film in 2018 i'd planned to make a film about the the glasgow tigers as a short documentary film so i did go to a couple of the matches towards the end of 2018 to film and photograph a couple of things and i decided that the best route to go about it as this is like my first feature length documentary or first feature length film of any kind was to just try and make it as independent as as possible just to give myself a bit of freedom so i created this proposal document for for potential sponsors or things like that and started taking it to a few companies and allied vehicles are the company based in glasgow that actually own the the speedway so they got a hold of the proposal and i had a, a couple of meetings with them and they were really keen to let me make the film. So they funded the the whole process and uh, that's basically how, how it all came about. So that's why it's in association with Allied Vehicles at the start of the film. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. obviously they, they sort of joined in and helped fund it. From yeah, the start. exactly, yeah. So in terms of the actual shoot itself, it covers from pre-season right through to the end of the season. I think it's I think I saw some banners. It said like April to October is the kind of season. Yeah. So you must have covered all of that, obviously, because it's all in the documentary itself. So I mean, how much filming are, are we talking about here? There must have, there must be hundreds of hours worth of footage for you to go through. Yeah, I mean, the whole process was about 10 months out of that year. And it was longer, obviously, beforehand with the meetings and trying to get the film made. But from actually filming to a completed product, it was about 10 months. And nine out of those 10 months was filming. And then the last month was just me sitting in uh, in my in my room editing it together. There must have been around, I think there must have been around 70 to 80 hours in total because I didn't film every day of every week. It was normally maybe two, maximum three days a week that I would be filming. And those days I would kind of capture around an hour, maybe a little bit less than an hour each day. Mm-hmm. And it fluctuated as well. If there was more and more things happening, more excitement and more interviews to do, I would do more and then kind of leave uh, other weeks with less to do. So it was quite an interesting process going through about 70, 70 to 80 hours of footage and then trying to condense the best of that or the things that kept the story progressing down to about an hour and a half as a whole piece with an actual structure in the story as much as I could anyway, make make a decent structure out of it. So it was a very interesting experience. And uh, to do it all by yourself is quite intense within a month. Well, <laughs> uh, is, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but uh, <laughs> I definitely learned a lot, that's for sure. Nice. Yeah, you can tell, obviously, the amount of work that must have been involved in it, just based on the film itself and the way that there's so many different scenes and so many different locations you obviously travelled yeah. with them right across the country and a country i'm talking obviously uk wide rather than just scotland so that was that must have been quite something part of the the documentary itself involves well it's it's a mixture of time at the track there's a bit of race footage as well and there's an awful lot of interviews in it so 
How did you go about choosing your interview subjects? Did you want to get a broad spectrum of fans and the people behind the scenes? Or was that, did you interview lots of people and just took what you felt was necessary for the story? Yeah, so I interviewed a lot of people and uh, a lot of them actually didn't make it into the film. But it's really because I interviewed a lot of the fans and the volunteers who are all quite in the same sort of position and had the same sort of things to say. So that was really the only reason I, they individually didn't all make it into the film because they were they said a lot of the same things and I didn't want too much repetition. But really, it just kind of depended on who I felt might have interest in stories or who felt might have interest in points of view about the sport in general or about the year and the events. Sometimes I just needed people to say some things if we were in a certain location. I just needed uh, a couple of sound bites to tell them or, or to give the, the audience a bit of context as to what was happening that day and especially towards the finals, you know, using the audio from the writers or the, the team managers to kind of hype up the ante a little bit and, and make you feel a bit more like, oh, this is an important race that's mm-hmm. about to happen towards the end of the film. So if someone was or an interesting character, for example, there's one in the film called George. And I was told of his story from Jerry, the, the main guy at, at the Speedway and Allied Vehicles. Jerry told me about George being a volunteer as a joiner and being a lifelong fan of of the Tigers and how he had some difficulty in his past and he had had quite an interesting personal story. So he was one of the first people that I interviewed and and then it kind of went on from there where I met other interesting fans who who had similar stories or writers as well who had had big injuries and Unfortunately, they might have had to leave halfway through the year because they had a, a crash or an injury. So it really just depended on who was up for the interview, who felt comfortable, and then who also had interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. You must have been quite pleased with the season in general because there was obviously a natural flow to the story and that yeah. there was a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And then between all those, there were so many different incidents that you could focus on so that that must have been a bit of a godsend in in terms of bringing the story to screen yeah Yeah, definitely we had just the natural highs and lows because it started off quite well and it seemed like the season was going well and I was a bit anxious at some points because I was like oh there might not be too much actually going wrong here there might not be too much conflict and then it all seemed to happen kind of at the one time there was a couple of incidents where riders were being replaced in the team and and there was like a dip in the season where they started to lose races and they they started to go down a little bit in the leaderboard and in the championship and there was a an incident where there was a big fight and things like that yeah and then there was the gradual they got their stuff together and then they came back up to give it one last fight towards the end for the final so I, i was really lucky actually a lot of the fans in that said that i captured one of the most dramatic seasons in recent memory for the tigers and speedway so i don't know if it was just because i was there maybe i was the lucky charm to make it more dramatic I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well it obviously worked no matter what it was with regards to the pulling the film together like you said you spent a month working on it now the there were certain choices made during the the process 
there was no narration for a start. There was nothing. Obviously, you just had occasional title cards that would come up and say that the, the Tigers either won or lost the race or something. It was very sort of minimal. You just let the, the story flow and interject it with interviews at various points. Was that always the case? Was that your what you were going to do right from the start? Was it going to be like that? Yeah, I just kind of felt that with a narration, I, I kind of wanted it to be a bit more, not that folk were being told a story, really, rather that people would just allow themselves to just watch what was happening, watch the events and feel as much or as close to being someone actually watching Speedway as as you could get to watching it on film. Not that I have anything against narration, but I just kind of felt like it wasn't really needed. It wasn't a necessity or I'm not sure if it would have added or rather taken away from certain aspects of it. So I'm not also a fan of text. So I tried to keep the text in the film as minimum as possible. But unfortunately, Speedway can be quite a complicated sport. So you do kind of need title cards sometimes just to explain a little bit to what was happening. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the actual putting it together, I just kind of felt the most natural way to do it would be to go with the the, the progression of the, the season itself and just show the events in chronological order rather than try and mess too much around with, with how things would be just to create it more dram- dramatically. I felt mm-hmm. the more natural would be with the less alterations to make it a bit more dramatic or cinematic in any way. I just kind of felt I wouldn't be to be doing justice to how dramatic it is in real life anyway. Mm-hmm. I did notice that the racing itself was almost kept to a minimum. It seemed to be, with all the races during the season, it was mon- it was almost like montage sequences. You were just getting cuts of certain races. Was that a deliberate choice? Or obviously, it, what I took from it was it was a deliberate choice so that when we come to the final races of the season, it's more dramatic. You're seeing everything almost it's real time. You're build- your emotions building up as well. Was that I take it that's what you were going for and with that as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at, at the beginning, I kind of just wanted to show you flashes of the action, really, and just show you show you little glimpses of whether it's riders going around a corner or, or there's a couple of little crashes or if it's more detailed shots of the riders when they start a race, they all have to line up against a piece of rope, which then gets shot up and, and they have to then go as fast as they can through the gates. So things like that, that I felt might just be a bit more intriguing at first, just to kind of bring the viewer into it. And then the final stages of the film where they're in the actual championship finals, I did think to bring more of the racing in, it's kind of, you needed to feel that adrenaline or that sort of intensity where you kind of gasping for breath a little bit towards the end of the film, because that's what it was like during the whole season to, to see that kind of progression. And then at the final, everyone in, in the stadium watching it around the track, everyone was holding their breath at the last seconds of each race because every race was so crucial mm-hmm. so that yeah that was definitely um an intention and uh it's quite nice to, to see that you you picked up on it it's, it's cool I, I must have done something right there <laughs> <laughs> so that's good yeah you start the film in a very dramatic way with like you say there's shots of them going around the corners and everything and there's some slow motion aspects to it and you're you're mixing up the speeds and everything like that so how 
difficult was it to not to to put that sequence together that's obviously you wanted a, a a big opening to it but was that your intention to sort of grab the audience right away and get them into it and say this is what you're going to be watching and this is what it's this is what it's like because it's obviously very close up to the the camera as well you're you're not like halfway around the stadium you're you're right there right in the mix of things which i would imagine would be a wee bit scary at times as well <laughs> yeah i had to build my confidence up a little bit to get closer and closer to the edge of, of the track because the riders really do just come right up to the edge sometimes but yeah the the beginning of the film i always felt like it should have a really exciting opener whether it's just a, like a minute of exciting footage just to grab the viewer's attention because i feel if the film started immediately going into listening to people talking about what speedway is and, and trying to explain a bit of background to the sport especially if you're an audience member who doesn't know anything about speedway you might not be as engaged or as intrigued as you would be without seeing that action at right at the beginning just kind of thrown into the viewer's face so uh, hopefully that does kind of grip people a little bit more right at the beginning of the film and, and does what it was it's, it's meant to do really but yeah it is quite scary i must say when uh, when you're on the middle of the of the track trying to get interest and angles you can sometimes forget your footing and and how close you are to the track so you just need to be careful oh yeah yeah but it's a uh, it's good fun it is i noticed quite early on and in fact right from the very start there was an awful lot of music in this documentary now for you know I, I don't mean this unkind but obviously in lower budget films there's a tendency to either just have music that you can get for for very little money or have no music at all now but this had music that fitted in with the mood of different elements of the the season like the opening sequence really really dramatic it was like somebody mentioned gladiatorial and it, it, it was that kind of Hans Zimmer yeah. style music but then later on like halfway through the film you you had music which was a bit lighter there was still racing involved but it was it was a lot lighter in tone because then it was like they were they were on a high at that moment and then obviously it, uh, the music kind of dips up and down in terms of with the mood of the film how did you go about actually well first of all getting such a range of music and then being able to figure out where to apply all this yeah so before i actually started filming or as i was filming throughout the season i would always go on to a couple of royalty free music websites and pick out the best or the what i found would be the most interesting or unique pieces of music that I thought might suit certain bits of what I, I was filming at that time. So over the period of time, I just collected a soundtrack really of, of songs and instrumentals that I thought would suit the film to the point that when I came to editing, I kind of had a, kind of had a track list in my mind of the best songs to use by the time I came to editing. And I kind of felt after having seen a lot of motorcycle films and a lot of films about like the Isle of Man, TT and things like that of a similar sort of nature, a lot of the time they tend to use kind of rock music or like dramatic, intense, kind of punky music and it's like really kind of high tempo stuff but I decided to make this the soundtrack for this film mainly be orchestral and more like classical music just because one I felt like it added to the gladiatorial vibe if it was 
that sort of thing anyway where you hear strings instead of more kind of synthesizers or like electric guitars and things like that and I just kind of felt it added a different aspect when you put Speedway Riders to classical music it kind of adds another element to it that people might think is unexpected or it might be a bit more enjoyable because i I think people don't expect Speedway bikes to look good to classical music. But that was also a conscious choice, I kind of felt, to make this a bit more different than other bike films or motorcycle films that you might have seen before, just to put something else instead of your your average rock music, put something like slow motion riders to classical music, almost looks like a ballet. Mm. So that's the kind of thing I was going for and, and just kind of collected songs throughout the season as I was filming. Yeah, it makes it more cinematic in a way because of, like you say, using the elements of slow motion and uh, a contrasting music rather than yeah. something going at 100 miles an hour. And yeah, it's it's particularly good. Now, there are two versions of the film, I believe. There's a version that is currently on YouTube and there is a, did you call it a director's cut? Yeah, yeah. Which is currently doing the the film festival circuit circuits, I believe, very very appropriate, obviously. Yeah. What has the reception been like for the film where it's been shown so far? It's been amazing. I mean, the the film that's on YouTube, that version, we decided to put that up onto YouTube at the beginning of lockdown because the Speedway had been announced to have been cancelled, basically the majority of matches, obviously, as like everything else, it was cancelled. And so uh, Speedway fans are a very vocal and unique bunch of people, and they're addicted to Speedway. You know, they they, they need to have that fix. And I just kind of felt people are going to be sitting at home needing to watch stuff. Now would be the perfect time to put it on YouTube. And when we did that, the reaction was amazing we got thousands of people watching it on the first night which i really didn't expect and it's it's a reaction that i didn't i've never experienced before in my previous films i've never had that that amount of hype before and there's just so much positive feedback for for that version of the film and i was tweaking gradually as that film had been released over lockdown i was just kind of tweaking things with the director's cut and I decided to send it to a few film festivals. And yeah, it suddenly got selected for a few. And then a bunch of notification dates for a couple of different film festivals were around the same time, maybe a month ago. And it got selected for a few more. And it's up to about seven film festivals now that the director's cut is in. Nice. Um, with hopefully a few more to go. And a couple of nominations here and there, uh, which has been great. So the, the reception has just been fantastic i couldn't have asked for anything else and i certainly didn't expect it to have such a good reaction from people especially people who aren't speedway fans i I did have a couple of wonders if i did make it a bit too niche to cater to speedway fans but i tried my best not to and and to make it enjoyable for for people who aren't into sport at all Mm -hmm. um so hopefully that that's worked yeah i watched that again today so that was another one to add to your YouTube total, and it's around about 31,000 views or something you've had on it, Great. which is, is remarkable. That's really, really good. I wanted to ask you about the title in the red. Is it a double meaning, or is it just because, uh, from what, well, I'll, I'll let you explain why you came up with the title in the first place. Yeah, well, 
originally the reason I really had the idea for the film was I came across Speedway by accident. I was filming another project on that that side of Glasgow and and I drove past the graffiti that they have in that area of Glasgow, which is of the Glasgow Tigers, and there's a couple of shots of it in the film. And that's when I just googled Glasgow Tigers and I, I came up with it and I started going to a couple of matches. But around that same time, the club released a statement that they had six-figure financial losses in 2018. And if more people didn't go to support the Speedway Club, then it was possible that they wouldn't have another year where they would be running at the same level that they had been anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of thought, right, something needs to be done here as kind of like a call to action. So In the Red was kind of a natural title because... Glasgow Tigers are all red and the stadium's red and so the visuals or or the colour red is quite heavily used in the visuals and in, in the aesthetic of the film and also it refers to the state of the club and the state of the speedway sport in general across the UK. Clubs are closing down across the country and there's not much of a growing fan base as, as there has been in, in recent decades so it kind of referred to that as well how the sport is is in the red mm-hmm. well i took it as well in addition to that meaning that obviously you said that they're going around this track at 70 miles an hour no brakes the rev counter would be going yeah to the red as well like i kind of took it from that rather than the being in debt part yeah there's a, a small part in the film where is it poland or something like that is uh europe was it was it a Polish stadium that you showed a small piece of? And it's this spectacular big floodlit stadium, thousands of people in it to watch Speedway. Was That must have been a bit of a, a difference compared to going to the likes of Eastbourne and uh, Leicester and things like that. Yeah, so that, the shot that I used in the film is actually, I cheated it slightly because it's actually from Cardiff. Mm-hmm. And in, in Cardiff every year they have a Grand Prix Ah, which right. is which is like the biggest speedway event in the UK. Well, arguably the biggest speedway event in the UK every year, and that takes place in the can't remember what's called. I think it's is it the Adrian Flux Stadium in, in Cardiff. I'm not too sure. And so I just I, I managed to go down to the Grand Prix and, and film some footage of that. And luckily in that section of the film, it's some Polish fans talking about what speedway means to them because it's such a huge sport in poland it's uh it's really the number one sport it's, it's bigger than football in poland speedway and so i managed to take a couple of shots from the stadium in cardiff where there were so many polish fans with the polish flag and just kind of made it look like i had a wee trip over to to poland to do a oh, couple well. of shots yeah it definitely worked it was really good so now that you've got this film out of the way and you did say it there the start that things have kind of locked down at the moment in terms of jobs and everything so you're talking obviously about your own production company dear friend how did that start about did you make a conscious decision to go out on your own rather than working for others or anything or is it is it something that you do you, obviously you've got your own production company but you're probably open to working with other people was it what was the, the sort of genesis of that it was really after i'd studied filmmaking and i managed to get an internship for a, around nine nine months with a production company in edinburgh and after that i kind of decided to just go f- freelance on my own really and start my own thing up mainly because 
a lot of people were asking me if I would be able to make videos for them and around the time of me being an intern I, I wasn't I didn't have the time to do everything that I wanted to do or or to, to grab as many of the opportunities as I as I could so the reason behind it was really just to to be able to have those opportunities and to embrace as many different aspects of film and TV as, as I could. I'm definitely open to working with, with other people and I've been really lucky in collaborating with some other production companies and working on a variety of different projects over the last few years. It's been an amazing experience and hopefully it can, can continue to do that uh, amongst all the coronavirus lockdown and things like that. Let's just imagine for a moment that things do get slightly better over the next couple of months. Have you got plans for what you would like to do next? Is this a project that you can talk? I know filmmakers are notoriously private about discussing things that they've only got just sort of an idea of or they're working on privately but is there anything that you are currently working on that you could possibly discuss with us yeah i mean there's there's nothing solid obviously but i've got a lot of ideas that i'd like to do one of the things that i'd really like to work on and build up to to doing next year is a scripted feature film so i'm currently i've had an idea for a lot of years which is kind of like based in glasgow at creating more of like a gothic neo-noir style thriller that um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the neo-noir genre and and to create a film like that is really kind of at the top of my list so I think I'd like to challenge myself in creating a feature-length scripted film next year if we can if we can easily relatively easily do that so I'm working on that just now just trying to write a script and create everything that I could possibly be doing by myself in, in a pre-production phase that I can just now so that's really the the project that I'm kind of working most on and I'm looking forward to possibly doing keeping trying to keep optimistic about being able to do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely you have to keep optimistic don't you that sounds fascinating actually that sounds very interesting It's, it's quite telling that Glasgow has a lot of architecture that you can use for yeah these type of films there are various buildings and various areas that lend itself very well to sort of noirish type tales and other things definitely yeah yeah. yeah. well that was excellent in closing i just like to say in the red is currently available to watch on youtube and i would heartily recommend it It it's a fantastic watch as i said didn't know very much about speedway but when i started watching it there was a an awful lot you can take from it and it's a really really enjoyable film so congratulations on that and thank you, thank you very, very much. much thank you very much for your time today it's been a real pleasure thank you very much thanks very much for having me on i really yeah. appreciate it